For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? There's so much to celebrate. I'm celebrating the fact that it's a new week. Uh, it's almost a new month. It's September. I love the autumn, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, I'm wearing yellow tonight, uh, which is Amanda's, our guest tonight, her favorite color. It's also Doris Day's favorite color. I'm celebrating two artists tonight. Uh, I cannot wait to celebrate both of them. Uh, I'm celebrating sunshine. I'm celebrating Doris Day. As a matter of fact, let's start with a little Doris Day. Uh, Amanda, this is for you. Hey, buds below, up is where to grow, up with which below can't compare with. Hurry, it's so lovely up here. Come, rhododendron, courage, little friend, everything will end, rhododendron. It's lovely up here. Blue buttercup, buds are better up. Where in case of nuptials you're handy. Hurry, it's lovely up Tonight, Amanda Scalisi has a show that's going to be opening at Green Room 42 with her father, and it's going to be uh, opening at, on uh, September 18th. And uh, 20, uh, 20, am I right? I'm going to get that correct. Uh, we'll get that correct in a moment. I've got 18th and 28th both running in my head for a reason. Uh, but anyway, she's going to be on in a few moments, but I want to give you a glimpse of her before we bring her on. Uh, here she is at work. Gonna take a sentimental journey Gonna set my heart at ease Come on along and listen to The lullaby of Broadway The hip hooray and ballyhoo The lullaby of Broadway I walk down the aisle he followed me down the aisle like I knew he would Because a guy is a guy wherever he may be And now you've heard the story of what someone did to me No, I shouted from the highest hills Even told the golden dawn Door. And my 
secret loves no secret anymore. Amanda, I apologize because I had two dates running in my head at the same time. It is the 18th. Uh, so uh, yes, uh, all of a sudden it happens at my age where two dates just start crisscrossing and it happens. First of all, welcome to the show. Uh, I am a huge Doris Day fan, and I think she's flying over your head as we speak. I can hear the airplane. But, uh, <laughs> yes. but I want to know from for yourself, why a show about Doris Day beyond the obvious? I have been so passionate about Doris Day, and I did want to just say thank you so much for having me on today. It's such a pleasure. I've been really enjoying your interviews, so it's thank such you. a treat thank for you. me. And uh, I've been so passionate about Doris Day for such a long time. Um, I remember watching her for the first time in Romance on the High Seas. Um, I was in my preteen years and um, I had found a VHS of her and I still have it. So this this was my, my first Doris Day experience. Wow. And I remember watching her on the screen and just falling in love with just her bubbly nature. And like you can hear the smile in her voice when she records. She just has such a warmth and a beauty that you know, it, it was so uniquely her and I love that. So I, I instantly fell in love and I just had to see more of her. Now, as you were falling in love with Doris Day, uh, your peers, your age group, were they also falling in love with her or were you able to convert any of them? What was that experience like with your own age group? It's so funny because it, it actually takes me back to a memory I have from uh, way back when I was in elementary school. And uh, we were on a field trip and my friend Sabrina was sitting next to me and she said, do you want to listen to the music that I'm listening to? And she had her little Walkman and she handed it over to me and I put the earbuds in and it was blasting Britney Spears. And I had grown up listening to all kinds of Broadway tunes. I, I loved listening to all those great classics like Into the Woods and Annie, Annie Get Your Gun. So um, I think I assumed that that's what she listened to as well. And when I put in the headphones, I was in for such a shock. And I remember turning the volume down all the way and just pretending that I was listening to it. And I really wasn't. Wow. <laughs> well, I want to, well, first of all, uh, I want to ask, do you believe in destiny? Definitely. You, uh, I asked that question because uh, obviously, I mean, your father was already in the business, but I see this photograph. Look at you. There you are. <laughs> uh, five years old, I think you are. Yes. Do you have any recollection or, of that photograph and the circumstances surrounding this? It was it was when I was pretty little. Um, I, I remember, uh, you know, my mom wanted me to take dance lessons. And I have to admit, I wasn't the biggest fan of dance at the time. Um, I've always preferred singing like throughout my my life. I've always enjoyed singing, but dancing for some reason never came naturally to me. Um, but I was always like an overachiever as a kid. So I think I was just trying to strike the best pose and, and really like wow in my photograph. And I think you can really see it there. I'm trying there. very hard. <laughs> so your father obviously is, was your mom also in the business? No, no, she's, she's talented in many ways, but we always kind of say she's our, our number one fan and roadie. It's pretty much just been me and my dad as far as the business goes. So your father obviously had a career on his own. Can you tell everyone a little bit about your father and the work that he was doing, an incredible career that he's had on his own? Yeah. Uh, and then I want to know about you sliding into first base with him. Yeah, so he's been playing the guitar since he was about 16. And um, he's played with so many different bands. He did a lot of uh, different styles as well. He's always really loved jazz, but he played a lot in uh, different rock and roll bands. And so he's, he's pretty versatile. And um, so I was definitely, you know, I grew up with a lot of different types of music in the house. Um, but he's always really loved jazz and I've always loved Broadway and jazz. So we've always connected on that. So you were obviously attracted to his music. Uh, did you just start singing along one day or how did it all happen that he went, Hey, wait a minute, we got something going here because you started performing with your father 
at a very early age. Right, right. Um, I would say I was around three or four when I started singing. Um, and it was pretty much just listening to uh, a lot of music around the house, listening to Broadway tunes and jazz. And um, I, I just started singing along. And um, I, my favorite singer, I would say at the time was probably Bernadette Peters. And I would sing along to her at any chance I got. When we were in the car, I had the cassettes in and I was listening to Into the Woods and Annie Get Your Gun. And um, I remember, you know, for example, in uh, Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better, when she holds that long note, I remember just sitting in the car trying, like, with with every might of that I could, just trying to uh, copy her skill and and uh, and sing along with her. So, yeah, it was always, always something that I enjoyed doing. My mom used to always say, um, if I wasn't singing, she knew something was wrong. Either I was sick or I was up to no good. So she would come and see if I was okay. Now, do you have brothers and sisters? No, no, just me. <laughs> well, I know a lot of famous people who are only ch uh, children. Uh, Carol Channing, uh, who everyone knows is a dear friend of mine, was an only child. Uh, and she said that she always used to create uh, her own audiences, her own uh, playmates to play with her. Uh, did you go through that phase yourself uh, as well? Were you in front of the mirror with your uh, hairbrush uh, performing and appearing as Doris Day long before this? Oh, definitely. I We have so many home videos that I used to love doing different uh, like news interviews and creating my own TV shows. So yeah, ever, ever since I was little, I've enjoyed kind of creating my own world in that way. So when most kids go through a rebellious age of wanting to get as far away from their parents as they possibly can. You bonded even stronger with your father. And our word of the day is kindness, which I, you know, and, and that exudes through you, your work, Doris Day, uh, everything that this show is about. So kudos and bravo. Uh, to your father and brava to you. Uh, but I want to ask, uh, what was that pull that kept the two of you working together beyond the usual father-daughter love of one another? I think um, music really made us stronger. I mean, even, you know, in times, you know, being typical teenager, if we would have fights or something, I think um, music is something that is so meditative in ways that, you know, if, if we had a fight, we would be able to come back together with music and enjoy that together and perform. And it's just always been such a, a healing thing and something that I think we use to express love. And so, um, yeah, I think it's been really important, you know, and, um, I think it, has such a, a bonding effect, you know, to be able to enjoy music together and, and perform together as well. Now, did you automatically uh, have this voice that was there or did your, uh, did you have any formal training at all or did the formal training come from your father? When I was little, I took a few uh, vocal lessons with a local teacher. And then um, I would say the majority of it came just from singing along to these um, great singers and, you know, my dad nurturing that and uh, us performing together. I think just using that muscle, it, it's so funny because so many people, sorry if you can hear the street cleaner outside. <laughs> So many people always come up to me and they say, oh, I would have loved to be a singer, but I just don't have that skill. And um, I, I always feel like it's it's a muscle and it has to be used. And I got in so many hours of practice as a kid. And, you know, there was definitely times when it wasn't at its best, but I was definitely feeling it. So, um, you know, we have so many videotapes of me just really getting into it and singing not so great, but it developed from there. And so, you know, it, it didn't feel like practice. It was something I enjoyed so much that it just never felt like practice. Now, I know that you and your father now are a musical team, but do you do solo stuff as well on your own? Or is it primarily all with your father right now? These days, it's pretty much, it's always us together. Um, yeah, I really enjoy that aspect. And I feel like uh, it's something that you don't see all the time. So it's really fun to be able to play with that. And uh, yeah, I feel like 
a lot of people are able to connect with us in that way because um, you know, we've met so many people that have said, oh, my dad and I used to perform together. And, you know, these it brings back so many special memories for me. And so it's so wonderful to be able to hear those stories and be able to bond with that. So what's your process like of the two of you working together? Uh, and let's use this show as an example. Uh, you already have the arc. You know that the arc and the story is going to be Dara's Day. Um, there have been, and I say this with a lot of respect, there have been a lot of shows about Dara's Day. Uh, what is the direction that you are desiring to go with your show? And what is the story that you are hoping to share with your audiences who come to see the show? Sure. So I, I know there have been so many great artists that have done Dora's Day shows. And um, I think the, the element that we've included that is a little different from what I've seen um, is focusing on her early years. So um, we're focusing on her years with Les Brown and the big bands, which um, a lot of people aren't as familiar with. They're so used to seeing Doris Day as the Hollywood star, but uh, she got started way before that singing with big bands. And, um, and even before that, she was a competitive dancer. So she definitely went through a, a wide variety of different styles, but um, I love that big band sound and we have a seven piece band behind us. So it's super exciting to hear. We just had a rehearsal earlier today and it was just so exciting to feel that energy. And um, yeah, I, I feel like it really adds a different element to the show um, and brings back that old timey feel that um, is really coming back into style these days. I love Absolutely. seeing the big bands. Now, are these arrangements uh, original arrangements or are they... Uh, or do you have your own uh, take on them? Uh, how are you presenting her music? Now, my dad worked with a couple arrangers to uh, get the music, and we tried to keep it as original as possible um, to keep that same feel so that it was a classic style. But there are, of course, changes as well that kind of make it unique for the show. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like it will be a nice blend. Now, Les Brown Jr., has he is he on your radar or are you on his radar? I I don't think I'm on his radar, but I I love seeing it. It's so great, and um, I hope well, one I'm day to make be that able happen. to see him live. I'm make yeah. It oh, yes. thank you. Yes. Uh, I've got ways that's going to happen. <laughs> so when you're working together, you and your father have worked together for so long. I want to talk about the collaboration. Uh, your father works with different musicians. He comes in. Uh, everything starts to come together and then you put the, the various pieces together. And I know that you have Sue Matsuki as your director. So kudos to you and Sue uh, for hooking up and working together. Um, when Sue is coming in, what is she bringing to the table and what is that process? Like, is she there as uh, a traffic cop or what is she bringing to the table uh, to bring it even further out there? And she's sure. a brilliant director. Oh, she is. Yeah, she's wonderful. I I love that Sue is able to bring her experience to the table. She's been doing cabaret for, I believe, 38 years now. And, um, and she's so, only 30. Yeah, yeah, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, so she's, you know, she's able to bring that experience. And um, not only as a performer, but being able to see it from the audience perspective. You know, she often said, and I was watching one of her interviews with you as well, about not singing at the audience, singing to the audience. And it's so important to be able to connect with the audience on that level. And it's it's just amazing when you look out and you see all the faces and um, you're able to feel that energy from the music. Um, so I love that. And, and Sue is just excellent at figuring out those small changes and kind of the energy, I would say, to the show as far as, um, you know, what's what's not working from an audience perspective and uh, what you want to play up more. So she's she's been so wonderful at, you know, giving her advice. We were talking today at rehearsal and um, she's excellent at bringing that experience to the table. And uh yeah, she's called the godmother of cabaret for a reason. Yeah. Now, I do have a pet peeve with cabaret, which I will put out there for everyone who's watching. Sean Patrick uh, Murtaugh is watching. He's got a new CD coming out as well. 
plug that as well, I celebrating uh, uh, Mary uh, yeah, Olanza. So, uh, but when you are, it's a lot of work for one night only. It's a lot of work. I just wish that these venues would give you three, four nights in a row so that you can build an audience that way. Um, what, again, happens to you at, when you are building up to that and then it's over and you've got to wait until the next moment comes along? Or do you have already things already lined up after this? Well, we do perform in the jazz scene quite a bit. Um, so we'll we'll be doing, you know, those sort of gigs, but it's definitely a different feel to cabaret. Um, so I think, you know, we'll probably be taking that time to analyze uh, how the show went, what we liked about it, what we didn't, and then looking at bringing it, you know, in different forms. Um, in this case, you know, because we have such a big band joining us and it's such a special event, we wanted to do this one night only and um, just really enjoy that moment. But um, I, I feel like the sky's the limit with things. So you never know what might happen in the future. Yeah. And of course, this is the year to do it. Did that have a lot of bearing on uh, doing it this year and uh, feeling the pressure of doing it this year? And also... Let's face it, you've had to be under the umbrella of COVID uh, during all of this as well. Uh, is this on track as it was scheduled to be, or did COVID throw any monkey wrenches into the process? We've definitely been uh, looking at doing the show for a little while, but I would say that COVID probably kind of spurred us on, actually. I think um, having that downtime and uh, being able to get inspired and start thinking about a show while we had that downtime, I think it probably helped it grow. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like it was beneficial. I know I spent pretty much all my time in lockdown just looking at anything Doris Day. I was constantly looking for, um, you know, magazines and different memorabilia from her. And um, so I think that really just inspired me even more. And with her 100th birthday being this year, it just seemed like the perfect time. Okay, I'm going to fan out with you for just a few minutes. So let's go back to Romance on the High Seas. You have the VHS, you discover her. Uh, after that first experience with her, uh, if you're like most people who discover a new talent uh, and it's new to you, uh, you want to devour everything you can about that person. How did that begin to unfold for you? Oh, gosh. I mean, definitely at first I would say... I was just devouring any of the films that I could find that she did. Um, and she did 39 films in total. So she has so many great classics. I'm, I'm a sucker for the uh, bubbly musical ones, but she has a lot of really wonderful, challenging roles in there as well. So Do you she, have a favorite Doris Day film? Oh gosh, I, I would have to say Romance on the High Seas, but Calamity Jane is right in there too. The, those are some uh, a close tie, I would say, yeah. So I feel like I was, you know, really enjoying watching her films at first. And then I started um, getting into her albums and realizing how versatile she is. Um, it's amazing. You know, she did a Latin album. She did jazz. And she had so many different um, styles in these albums. And like I said earlier, I feel like it's so easy to kind of just see the Hollywood version of Doris. But she was, you know, incredibly talented and she did so many different styles, so it's wild. She did an album with Andre Previn, which happens to be one of my all-time favorite albums of anybody. Uh, everybody look it up if you're not familiar with it. What did you learn uh, with all of your research? And again, I'm sure that, as you mentioned a few moments ago, as you started to work on this show, you really delved into uh, studying her. What did you learn about her that really surprised you uh, that... Uh, maybe took you a little off guard? I think um, I, I was definitely surprised at how much she struggled in her personal life as far as she was married four times. Um, so she definitely struggled to find her true love. I, I honestly feel like 
her true love came in the form of our four-legged friends. Um, she was so passionate about animals and she put so much of her life into that. Um, but I, it's, it's so sad to see that she was never really able to find a partner to match that. And um, I think it just goes to show, you know, we see her on screen and, and she's so vibrant and she was always kind of uh, labeled this, you know, girl next door. And it, she kind of plays the perfect housewife in so many films. And um, it just goes to show, you know, she was human. She had, you know, struggles of her own and we can all relate to that. And um, yeah, it's, it's well, amazing. You go to back and her. you look at Pillow Talk and you look at those films from that genre, she's not really the girl next door. It's I mean, true. It's, <laughs> there's some really racy dialogue in the, in that film. Oh, and that's yeah. not even, I mean, I, you, when okay. I think of Pillow Talk, I think of it as a 1960s film. And it was at the end of the 1950s. So the morality uh, was changing in this country. And I know that she was uh, trying. Uh, there's a, a great, and if you've never seen it, and I saw it live, uh, the night it happened when she was on the Johnny Carson show, where she came out and she was really trying to present a completely looser, hipper version of herself. Um, and she really struggled with that. It's true. It's true. It's amazing. Um, you know, I, I feel like she tried to take roles that pushed her outside of that box. And even with, you know, in her later years when she did the Doris Day TV show, um, you know, she was always trying to change with the times, you know, always trying to stay relevant. And at that time in the 60s, it was this idea of a career woman, you know, someone who was independent and strong and I feel like, um, you know, it was it's almost kind of funny because you go from the earlier seasons where she's on the farm and she has the kids and, you know, it's very wholesome. And then all of a sudden it, the show kind of just made a change and she wanted to abruptly, move it to the city from season to season. Yes, yes. <laughs> And, and it was kind of like, they never talked about the kids again after that. It was just kind of like, it didn't happen. <laughs> and and it was sort of like, she moved to the big city and all of a sudden she was dating. And, you know, she was um, really moving with the times because that's what they were showing on TV at the time. It was this, you know, strong, independent woman. And um, I really admire her for being so flexible and for always looking to change with the times. Well, in terms of your own career, what are your career goals? What are the what's the path that you desire to be on? Uh, you obviously, we just saw a glimpse of it, have a phenomenal voice yourself. Uh, do you feel that you want to stay in the world of cabaret? Do you want to do more musical theater? Where do you feel that your heart is taking you right now? I feel like I, I always try to remain open um, because even through throughout this journey, I don't think I ever imagined I would be doing a show at the Green Room 42. So um, this was kind of one of those, you know, career changes where I sort of was like, wow, this is, you know, it's something I've dreamt of and it's coming true. So I, I feel like I'm always trying to stay open to what might happen in the future because um, you just never know. I, I really love... Um, being able to play for, you know, audiences across the country and uh, beyond. Um, you know, we've done a little bit of touring over the years and we've been able to play in different states. So far, we've been to 40 of the 50 states. So wow. um, I'm hoping to get to the last 10. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just I love, you know, being able to meet people from all over and um, share my love of music. So I'm always staying open. Well, I was going to ask uh, if you enjoy being on the road. I do. I do. I, I know it's one of those things where you either love it or hate it. And um, for me, I at this point in my life anyway, I'm really enjoying it. I, I love getting to see new places and explore and um, play in different cities. Um, and I, I'm hoping to kind of enjoy that while it's there. And then, you know, if someday I decide I'd rather stay closer to home, then I'll have seen what I wanted to see. And again, I want to, with your father still very much in the scene, um, how proactive are you in terms of pursuing the work? Uh, or is it pretty much your father handling everything? Or do you have an outside team who's handling all this for you? 
I would say right now it's it's definitely a team effort. I would say, um, you know, when it comes to promotions and, um, you know, approaching different venues, a lot of times I'll handle that. But he's very much head on when it comes to the music end of things. And um, he really keeps me motivated. He's definitely my rock in this business. So it's um, it's wonderful to have him with me and, you know, be able to support each other. And, um, but yeah, I would say we kind of both handle kind of different aspects of it, but we're very much a team. And do you also act, I mean, do you do musical theater as well? Is that a, a goal or a, a part of your bigger plan? Not, I mean, uh, I'm not doing it right now, but I definitely hope that someday I can dabble in that as well. Um, it's definitely something that's been on my radar and especially with admiring so many of these wonderful Broadway actresses, I feel like it's something I would definitely, you know, be interested in looking into. So if you're, if you were to do a series, uh, I'm assuming that we've now got Jara's Day, uh, perhaps Bernadette Peters, uh, I'm going to throw caution to the wind. I don't think Britney Spears would be part of that series. Well, I should say, I should say, I love Britney Spears. I, I wasn't getting down on her before. I know you're not. I it know was, you're it not, was just but a it's, not, it's not your style of music. <laughs> I'm not getting down on Britney Spears either. Uh, but it, it has to be in the heart uh, and in your solo plexus. Um, who were two or three of the other iconic singers that you would love to take uh, the, and do the same type of treatment with that you're doing with Dara's Day? Oh gosh, um, I've I've thought a bit about Carol King, which is kind of a funny change in style there a little bit. But I love her early work with Tapestry, so I feel like um, that would be a really fun show to experiment with. Um, I, I've always loved, you know, the early jazz artists as well. Um, I love June Christie. Wow. Um, and of course, you know, you have to look at Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald. Um, they're amazing. And and uh, I feel like I'm not sure if my style would lend as well to, say, Billie Holiday, but I definitely love, um, you know, some of those artists that uh, sang in a, a little bit more of a uh, melodic way, I should say, maybe um, a little bit more straightforward. Um, but I, I love that jazz sound. I'm, I'm always listening to either Broadway or jazz. So I feel like I'll, I'll, uh, dabble in both. Now you mentioned that you've performed in 40 of the 50 States. What is it that you love most about being on the road besides the obvious of the performing itself and meeting the people? Do you really get a chance when you're on the road to really dabble in the cultural aspect of each of the towns that you're in, or are you too busy going from town to town to get to do that? Doris Day talked, she hated being on the road. Uh, and she also did not like performing live. That's true, that's true. And it's amazing, especially with her big band years. Um, you know, I, I think she was happiest in front of the camera when she didn't have to be in front of people. And that all kind of stemmed from uh, when she was a child. She had a little bit of an embarrassing experience um, when she had her first performance in school. And uh, so ever since she was kind of always, uh, she had stage fright, and, which is really interesting. Um, but I would say, I, I always try to leave room when we're touring to go see the local sites because I just, I love being able to explore different areas and I'm a big foodie. So I, anytime that I get to try the local cuisine, I'm, I'm always happy. Um, we went uh, down south not too long ago and uh, I was just so excited to try all the delicious food and see all the sites. Um, it's it's definitely fun for me. And uh, we have a big photo map that we have in our living room where we have uh, a little photo of us from each state and it makes up the map. Um, and it's just, it's so fun looking back on the memories that we've made in each state and uh, the people we've met. And it's just, yeah, it's great memories. Now with this particular show, how many pieces did you say that are in this, uh, in the band? Including my dad, it's seven pieces. Wow. And have you done this type of a show before with your dad? Or is this a, a new uh, beginning for you? 
We've dabbled, uh, it was quite a few years ago now, uh, we dabbled a little bit with a swing band. We were uh, experimenting a little bit with that style. Um, but definitely as far as cabaret goes, this is, uh, you know, kind of a new uh, experience for us. Um, but yeah, these guys are all so great. The musicians we're working with are amazing. And it's just, I, I was grinning from ear to ear when we were doing the songs because the quality is just fantastic. Like, it's just amazing to hear. It sounds like the record being played back and you're just sitting there just like, wow, it's, it's so exciting. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, now the thing is that, uh, when Dar's day was with Les Brown, uh, they toured on a bus, they toured around the country. Um, and it's gotten harder uh, for bands like this to travel around the country. Um, do you think that this particular show, I know that musicians can be added on uh, in any town and it's never the same uh, because every musician brings their own style to it. But do you think that this is a show that you will be taking on the road? I, I think so. I would like to hope that it has... Um that that would be a possibility for the future. Um, like you said, you know, we've worked with a lot of great local musicians in different states. So, um, you know, it's there's always the possibility of, um, you know, using local musicians as we travel. Um, but I, I definitely hope to bring this show on the road at some point. I feel like it's a really special show and I think people will be able to connect with it from different backgrounds. I absolutely think this show has to go to Carmel, California. Ah, yes, yes. Have you ever been there? I haven't, although I wish I had a dog to take there because I feel like that's <laughs> like doggy heaven there. <laughs> it is doggy heaven. I'll tell you that years ago, we went there. We stayed at the Cypress Inn, which was her hotel. And my hope was that I kept sitting in the lobby, having my coffee, hoping that she was going to walk through any moment. Oh. Never happened. Oh. Uh, but when you check in because of her love of animals... Uh, they have a list of all of the restaurants that are dog friendly. Uh, and if you decide to go to a restaurant that does not allow dogs, there are one or two, uh, then they would uh, have someone come in and sit with your dog in the room. But it was all about the dog gets pampered much better than the uh, two-legged animals that are there and with good reason. Uh, as you said earlier, she got that love from those animals uh, that she never got otherwise. And, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult. Um, are you an animal person? Oh, I definitely am. If, if I could have a dog, I definitely would. I feel like um, I've, I've definitely doggy sat for many friends and uh, I, I love, you know, having a four-legged friend around. They are just the best. Um, I used to have a parakeet uh, up until a few years ago, mm. and uh, he was amazing. His name was Jamie, and uh, we had him for many years. Um, so I, I love having a pet. Right now, I, I don't, but I hope to at some point soon. And what have you learned about yourself through the music of Doris Day? Gosh, um... I think I think it's learning to appreciate your own style, learning to feel feel comfortable in your own style, um, because there are so many different voices out there and everyone has something unique to bring to the table. Um, and so I think it's so easy to compare and and um, not feel comfortable with your style that when I listen to her and I, I'm reminded how much joy she brings me listening to her style um, I just, I love singing along. I love listening to her. She can brighten the darkest of days for me. And I feel like, um, she's really built my confidence up as far as, uh, appreciating my own style. Is there a particular song above all others that you just absolutely cannot wait to sing when you get on that stage? Oh gosh, there are so many. <laughs> That's such a hard one to pick from. Um, I think I would have to say Secret Love. It's such a beautiful song and it's such a special moment for us on stage. Um, and of course that's from her film Calamity Jane. It was one of her big hits, um, but it's and such a beautiful song. tune. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. it's, it's beautiful. And, um, and do you know who sang Secret Love at our wedding? I don't actually. Sue Mitsuki. Oh my gosh. 
I didn't know that. That's amazing. Well, you'll have to ask her about that. She was, our, she was our maid of honor and she sang Secret Love at our wedding. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, there's the connection there. Uh, uh, so I've got a question from Danielle. She said, how would uh, Amanda uh, define her style beyond the artist that she loves and celebrates? Hmm. I think, I think the best way to describe my style beyond Doris Day, um, I feel, I mean, I'm not sure if it sounds cliche, but I feel like it's just something that has come so naturally to me over the years. It's something that um, I've been doing since I was so little and it just, it's always brought me so much joy and it's always made me feel better when I need cheering up. And um, so I feel like, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of singers compare singing to meditation. And um, I mean, I feel like it's not only a meditation, but it's, you know, such a, a beautiful moment to have and to just experience that music that can bring back so many memories. Um, you know, I, I can listen to things that I listened to as a kid and it just brings me right back to that moment. Um, so, uh, you know, I feel like when I'm singing, it's just, I'm in that moment, I'm experiencing my childhood. I'm experiencing all those beautiful moments that I've had over the years with music. And so it's just so much more than singing. Yeah. What's your prep like? What's that hour like just before you walk on stage? Well, uh, I, I try to be mindful. Um, I feel like that's um, when, when you step on stage, there's so much energy coming at you between the energy from the musicians, the energy from the audience. And so I really try to spend that time uh, being mindful and um, being present in the moment, enjoying the experience. Um, I, I wouldn't say I have a very complicated prep beforehand. Um, I do like to usually grab a tea beforehand, but, um, but yeah, I feel like it's really just sitting and being in that moment and appreciating where I'm at and yeah. And what is your wind down after the show? Oh gosh. I, I that's always hard because I feel like I'm always <laughs> on such a high. <laughs> It's amazing. I feel like I'm I'm like the energizer bunny after a show, which is weird because it's um you put out so much energy during the show that you'd think you'd be totally just gone. And yet I always have this lingering energy and excitement. So um I don't think I've quite figured out a good routine for winding down afterwards. If you have any suggestions, definitely let me know. <laughs> well, I have it's it's such a, a difficult thing for me to let go of after a show is over because first of all as you say you this your energy level is at such a, a peak and then afterwards you're also being pulled in 50,000 different directions everybody wants to come up and congratulate you everybody wants hopefully that's the that's the goal um and uh, everybody is there to celebrate you and to uh, be a part of that evening as well and uh, they want to feel that they are very much a part of the evening and you want them to feel that they're part of the evening. So it's diff it's a very difficult thing for me to shut down. Uh, it takes me forever. I have to take a sleeping pill or something to eventually go off because I just can't do it naturally. Yeah, yeah, no, I know the feeling, definitely. So I'm gonna do some wind down questions. And like I said, we're going to do uh, a giveaway tonight. Uh, we are going to give away a live stream to your show. Uh, if you were able to go, uh, by all means, buy tickets because there's nothing like a live audience. And that's the goal. Amanda wants the live audience there. Um, if you uh, can uh, afford to buy a ticket for somebody else as a gift, do that as well. That's always a nice gift. So uh, we're going to do some way down questions. And the word of the day, once again, is kindness. What does that word mean to you, Amanda? And I know it's like a cliche, but kindness in this business, kindness in terms of how you conduct your life and how you want it coming back at you, the boomerang effect. Sure. I think it's funny because, uh, like you said, I feel like kindness has been thrown out a lot recently, and I see all these bumper stickers, just be kind, and uh, lawn signs, and things like that, and um, and I know the intention is right behind those messages, 
Um, but I do feel like kindness probably means something different to everyone. Kindness isn't kind of a one size fits all thing, but I always try to think of it like, you know, and again, it sounds a little cliche, but the idea of, you know, well, how would I want to be treated in this experience? And, um, you know, I, I think for people to just feel seen and heard and appreciated for who they are, I think is really important. And I, I try my best to, uh, make people feel that way. And I always so appreciate it when I receive that energy back. And, um, so I think just trying, trying to be present with people and trying to see them for who they are and hear them where they're at. I think that's so important. Amen. So I'm going to quote a couple of times from my daily act of kindness calendar, uh, given to me by Howard Tucker. I don't know that he's here tonight, but he's always uh, supportive. And the first thing uh, page that I pulled today said, make a plan to begin tomorrow in a new way. Exercise, get outside, drive a different route, or stop at a different coffee shop. What can you do tomorrow to change up your routine a little differently from what you do? Or do you have a routine in your life? It's funny. I feel like I am one of those people that does not follow a routine at all. I, my days are always kind of sporadic and every day is different, but, um, I definitely try to, um, again, practice mindfulness and try to practice, um, appreciating each day. Um, I know, uh, Brad Simmons, he has a wonderful tune tune called, uh, be here now. And I so connected with that song when I heard it and just this idea of being present and enjoying the journey. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, what is the hardest song for, that you, uh, for you to tackle or learn in this show? Oh gosh. Um, I think, I, I don't know if I would say there's any particular tune that has been more challenging, but I would say um, naturally trying to tackle these songs from an angle of remembering this legend and and being as authentic to her as possible while still being there as as the artist that I am as well and trying to balance the two because obviously um, I hope that people are able to um, enjoy these songs and and hear something that brings back memories and um, you know, just really appreciate the style that Doris Day had while still, you know, hearing us do it in a slightly different way. You know, I, I hope that we're able to find that balance. Yeah, I'm sure they will. That's wonderful. Um, what is, I mean, with all of the traveling that you've done, is there a particular night that felt the richest to you? And what I mean by that is where the audience the songs, the energy that was going back and forth between you and your father, all of that alchemy all came together that stands out above all others that you wish that you could just hold on in the bottle and repeat over and over and over again. Hmm, that's, that's so hard. Um, we've definitely had some really amazing performances and we've had some great connections with the audience afterwards, being able to um, talk about some of these songs that they remember and uh, have that connection. Um, I would say that the performance that's coming to mind is uh, when we went to London and we played at a place called the Bull's Head in Barnes. And I think it was just that surreal feeling of stepping onto the stage in another country and being able to perform for people that I will probably never see again, but like having that moment with them, it was just so special. Um, and I, I think that will always be one that just like sticks out in my mind. Those are magical moments. They truly are. Another daily act of kindness, uh, share a compliment about a coworker with your supervisor. Well, obviously, I'm not your supervisor, but share a compliment with me, well, uh, about, let's say, Sue Mitsuki. Ah, oh, Sue's wonderful. Um, I think I just really appreciate her 
realness or her honesty and the way she's able to just be 100% herself and really bring that to the table when she's uh, directing or performing or doing any of the uh, amazing projects that she works on. Um, you can just really see her true spirit coming through and um, it really, it's inspiring. And to my California friends, she's going to be making her Feinsteins at Vitello's debut uh, go to sumitsuki.com and catch her when she's out there. Definitely. So support her. Um, I've got a great quote. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. That's from Dr. Seuss. Um, and what is something that you're very passionate about, that you care so deeply about, that you're willing to risk life and limb to make sure that there's change in the world? Hmm. I, I feel like I've always been a very loyal person to the people that, um, that I'm close to. Um, and so I think I will always go above and beyond to um, be there for them in their time of need. And I feel like we all need that a lot more. We all need that bond and that connection, especially, um, you know, since, the last couple of years and the challenges we've faced, I, I think it's so easy to kind of expect someone else to step in and someone else to fix problems. But unless we are able to be there for the people that we're close to and, and um, do it ourselves, um, I, I think, you know, that's going to make the biggest impact is, you know, being there for, for the people that need us. Absolutely. Uh, has there ever been a time when you allowed your head to override your heart in this business? Oh gosh. I feel like it's usually the other way around. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I'm usually a very um, kind of uh, reactive person. So I feel like I, it's very easy for me to kind of get caught up in emotion or, uh, feel a lot about a situation and, you know, my head's telling me, no, 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 just, you know, don't do that. And and my heart's telling me something else. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I can think of a situation where I felt like my head talked my heart out of something. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can think of a situation there. Okay. Uh, and Liz, four people who are part of your uh, there's a great book uh, that I have actually uh, talked about on this show called Confidence, and that's C-A-L-M-F-I-D-E-N-C-E. -E. And she talks about people in our circles that give us a calming feeling in terms of getting us through what we need to get through. And I want to ask you, who would you consider your four people who would be part of your confidence team uh, and who, uh, and why are they part of your team? Oh gosh. Okay. Um, I would, I would have to say my dad is the first one just because he's always, um, you know, by my side, he's always uh, there when I need to talk through a situation or, um, you know, get through a challenge. So I definitely would say he's the first one. Um, I would have to say Sue Matsuki next, um, because she's been such an inspiration and she's been, um, you know, so wonderful. She's always willing to teach. So I feel like I've learned so much from her. Um, another person I would have to say is Susie Mosier. She has uh. been amazing. Yeah. I, we, we met her a few years ago at Birdland and just ever since she has been such a big inspiration to us. She's been such a great cheerleader. Um, and so I, I love Susie Mosier. She's, she's fantastic. Um, gosh, and another one, um, It's always hard thinking of the last one, isn't it? <laughs> Are you at Susie's show tomorrow night? Sorry? Are you going to be at Susie's show tomorrow night? Yes. Yes, we John are. Uh, Murtagh is going to be there as well. Uh, um, I wish I could be there, but I will be doing a show here tomorrow night. But uh, Judy Mark is going to be a part of the lineup as well tomorrow night. So oh, have an wonderful. incredible time tomorrow night. Um, what is the most beautiful sound that you've ever heard? Um, let's... 
make this about Jaris Day. What is the most beautiful song that Jaris Day sings, in your opinion? Oh, wow. Um, I would probably say the first song that comes to mind is It's Magic from Romance on the High Seas. Um, it is just such a delicate song, and it's just so beautiful. Um, and she's just pouring her heart out in that song. So I would definitely have to say that I think that's one of her most beautiful songs, but she definitely has a lot that are uh, in competition with it too. <laughs> and this is going to be my last. Uh, and uh, it, it says, hold a door open for someone. And I'll always hold a door open for you, Amanda. Um, so I am so thankful that you said yes to being here tonight, because if you've had half as much fun as I've had tonight, uh, then uh, I've done my job. And uh, I really can't wait to see your show. Uh, but we're going to give away a live stream uh, to your show right now. And uh, we'll see who this is. So thank you all for being here tonight. And let's see who our winner is. It's Francis Shea. So Francis, uh, thank you once again. Uh, she wins a lot but she also shows up a lot. So I'm gonna say a, a few closing remarks, Amanda, and then I'm gonna turn it over to you. Uh, it's National Chop Suey Day, so I'm gonna order chop suey tonight, which I have not had in years. Do you like Chinese food? I do, I love Chinese food. <laughs> I, I don't even remember the last time I had chop suey, but maybe I'm gonna order chop suey and I'm gonna watch with six, you get egg roll. So, which was Darcy's last film. Um, anyway, the word of the day is kindness. Uh, Amanda has talked about kindness tonight. Uh, Doris Day was all about kindness. Uh, she was kind to everyone she came in contact with. Uh, I don't think I have ever heard anyone say a negative thing about her. And I have been fortunate enough in my lifetime uh, to get to know a lot of people who considered themselves true, true friends. My friend Jackie Joseph, uh, diehard friends. When you became a friend of Doris Day, uh, it was a lifelong friend. And she was loyal to the very end with all of her friends. And I think about kindness and what I look at all of you who show up night after night, which I truly appreciate. And I thank you all for being here. Uh, we are not responsible for what's going on in the world right now but we are responsible for how we respond to it. So I know for a lot of you, I sound like a broken record, but like a Doris Day song, it's always worth repeating. So I'm gonna say it again. On social media, whether you see something about Amanda, a Sean or, uh, Sean or Sumitsuki or Susie Mosier or any of the artists that have been mentioned tonight, um, all of us in this business desire to be acknowledged. So hit the like button, hit the share button, and leave a comment, uh, a positive comment. Uh, those three things will help elevate in social media how others will see and perceive those posts. If it's not going to lift up the person that it's about or the people that are going to see it, hit the delete button, hide it, and stop it in its tracks. Uh, that's what it's all about. Um, after tonight's show, it would mean a lot to me and I'm sure to Amanda as well. If you can all go to my YouTube channel, richardskippercelebrates.com and leave a comment about what you think of tonight's show. Share this with your followers through YouTube and also pay it forward. Uh, and if you're not a subscriber, I hope that you will become a subscriber. I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the seventh name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. Uh, I am so tired of seeing the outpouring of love after someone passes away. Uh, let's do it while we're here to enjoy it. So let's all celebrate each other. As my dear friend Sean Moniger always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, even if it's a glass bottom boat, 
make sure you bring a skipper along. So I'm going to leave the screen. And Amanda, you've got the final word tonight. Anything you want to say about anything that we talked about tonight that you want to build upon? Anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had? Or just any final message that you want to leave everyone with? Uh, before I say goodbye, please give Sue my love. Give your father my love. And thank him for doing a wonderful job. Uh, and uh, just keep it flowing. And when you say goodbye, the final credits will roll. Thank you. And keep giving those gifts to the world. Good night. Thank you so much, Richard. I have to just say thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And it's been so great getting to see everyone in the chat and see all your love. Thank you so much. Um, I had such a wonderful time. This was such a really special day and a really special moment. So thank you for uh, getting to share in the Doris Day love. Um, I know that Doris Day means a lot to uh, many people, including those of you in the comments. So thank you so much. It's been uh, really special getting to share in her memory this year. So thank you again for having me. And uh, it was really special to talk about kindness as well. And uh, I know you have so many kind followers, so it's wonderful. Thank you so much.